This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He was often thrown out of class for talking too much. Now he gets paid for it. What a country. Welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. All right, here we are back with the old podcast, which is now worldwide, by the way. We've got tens of thousands of downloads in Europe, believe it or not. We thank you for that. And I asked you guys to reach out from Europe. Uh, if you left some reviews on iTunes, appreciate that. Hope you subscribe, rate, and review. You can hook me up on or hook yourself up on social media as well. I would love to hear from you from Europe or any of you at Jim Day TV, at Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram. And if there was a European championship for at least fantasy football, it might be this guy right here. <laughs> Tucker Barnhart, welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. Jim, thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, been a long time coming, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I'm here, and I'm uh, glad I'm a part of it. Oh, thank you very much. Now, it's been a star-studded cast, and I've told people many times, a lot of people that have been on, or the guests have been on, most of them have been my favorite dudes, so I've been waiting for you, because you're in that category for sure, so I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate the kind words. All right. Uh, well, I just mentioned fantasy football, by the way. Um, football season right around the corner. You're, are you gearing up? Yeah, it's uh, it's taking a little bit longer to kind of get the league together uh, in the clubhouse. but uh, Really? Rest assured, there will be a league. There will be a Cincinnati Reds clubhouse league this season. Um, we, in fact, are drawing for the draft order today. Really? That way we can get a lot of guys in mock drafting and getting prepared. And then uh, I believe August 22nd, we have an off day, so we'll we'll be here in Cincinnati. And then we'll fly to Pittsburgh that evening. And when we get to Pittsburgh, we're going to have a conference room waiting on us oh, and everything. So conference room, a war room. Yeah, a war room, yes, some would say. I love uh, it. Should, be, should have some cubicles set up for, for each person, at least a station. Maybe not yeah. a cubicle, but a draft station that uh, everybody will have a good time with. And uh, – a lot of trash talk, a lot of. Uh, I mean, you guys are into this. Man. Oh, of course. I mean, this of is... course. I'm in way too many leagues as it is. I, I, I probably See, that makes it tough because then you end up playing against guys like you have no question one guy on another team, but in another league you're playing against that guy. No question. So I, I, I find myself in too many leagues on a yearly basis, and so <laughs> is it an addiction? I think so. I think there's a little <laughs> bit of the. I think it's that, and I think it's this. We are all just geared as competitors, no matter yeah. what it's in, whether it's uh, flipping a bottle of water and see if it'll stand up. We would probably bet on it or yeah. or or try to win at it. Uh, but in this case, fantasy football is the it's it's the thing that gets us through the through the off season as far as being able to compete, and then also it keeps everybody kind of in touch uh, throughout the winter and and uh, heading into spring training. You guys got a big league championship belt that yeah. is in the club. I mean, this thing is awesome. If if you can imagine the WWE championship <laughs> belt, it is like that. But better. 
<laughs> but better. but better. No, I'm kidding. It, it is. It's pretty close it's, though. So there's a there's a, a few companies or a few websites out there that, you've, you, that you can that you can order from. I won't shamelessly plug any of those on the on the Gym Day podcast, but uh, unless you're getting a sponsorship, unless I'm getting a sponsorship, which I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. But um, no free ads, right? No free ads. So um, yeah, there's a few people out there that that supply trophies and and belts to to winners of fantasy football leagues, and uh, in in other cases, they have last place trophies as well that result do in really? jock straps. They result in uh, they look like toilet bowls. Um, a little bit of everything, so it's yeah. it's good, clean fun. We'll have a first place and a last place trophy this year. I don't know if you saw when we were at Wrigley last time. There was a guy in like a ballerina, I guess they called a tutu, um, and his friend had a big sign beside him, and it said last place in fantasy football with an arrow pointing to That's him. That's incredible. And he was standing there. That in a ballerina is ballerina costume. A lot of people do that. A lot of people have they'll have their the person that finished in last place yeah. has to do something, has to get a tattoo in some cases. We we had that last year. What what, um, what Romano have to do? So Am I remembering Romano, this right? Romano finished in last place. Yes. Kirk Sally won the league, and we spring training or something, Bat Boy. Or well, something? we we had talked about that, and then with the with the new coaching staff, we weren't sure how that would go over, <laughs> so we kind of put the put a hold on that, and then we we came to the conclusion that he would have to carry a a picture of Kirk Casale, a headshot in his locker everywhere he went. So that when the visiting clubbies had unpacked his bag, they put it right there on top of the on the uh, shelf in his locker. But um, Sal had been in AAA for quite a bit of the yeah. season. He's now back up with us. Um, so I had, I would imagine that once Kirk gets back from his rehab assignment that there could possibly be a picture of Kirk Casale in Sal Romano's locker. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Casale, he's got that belt in his locker all the time. It, it's uh, it's, it's strategically place. placed, too, so it everybody is. can see it. So oh, he's, he's doing a really good job of <laughs> rubbing it into everyone that he that he got lucky and won a league. You and Kirk <laughs> seem to get along very, very well. Yeah, I, lo- I love Kirk, man. He uh, – when we got him last year, when he got to San Diego, I didn't know him. I'd played against him a little bit um, at, at different levels in the minor leagues. Um, had some teammates that actually played with him at Vandy. Caleb Cotham, Drew Hayes, who I played with in the minor leagues and who was up here in Cincinnati a little bit with us. Um, but, yeah, Kurt's a great guy. Our wives get together or get together and oh, hang really? out quite a bit. Nice. Um, we've frequented uh, Riverbend to watch some, uh, some oh, yeah. concerts when we can, and uh, we have a good time. That is beautiful. Right now, um, you you know you're back with the team. You got this new stance, man. By the way, which is love ha- love your adjustment <laughs> that you've made. Thank you at the plate. Now, earlier on in the season, uh, you know you everyone goes through struggles at some point in their career, and you were struggling at the plate. I don't know if you've ever struggled behind the plate, um, but you had mentioned. It was a really dark time for me, and when I hear dark time, I'm like, "Oh man, geez, what? What? I mean, how? What are we talking about when it was a dark time?" Well, I just, you know, I I don't have an answer of why, and that's the weirdest thing for me. Like I, um, it was it was tough to go through go for through an O for four, you know. Like I I if I felt like if my first at bat resulted in something negative, or or I didn't get a hit, or I. Uh, or whatever it may be, I felt like my day was over. Like I, I, I it was, it was wild to me, and, and mentally it was just a struggle. I, I, I found myself thinking about like what I was going to do after baseball and things like that. And it's really, just, yeah, it's just wild, and I don't, I don't know why. Oh, I, wow. I, I don't, 
I, I like to think that I'm in the middle and somewhat in the beginning of my career, really. I've got mm -hmm. five years in the big leagues, and I hope to play for quite a long time uh, longer than that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Everything at home was fantastic. I, I mean, obviously, I have a, almost a two-year-old son. I have a wife that I love dearly, and it, I don't know – what it was it was a struggle to it was a struggle to find any positivity in the game of baseball for me and it was it scared me really it was it was something that that I'd never gone through I had never struggled like that and I, I think the layoff of being hurt obviously I never want to be hurt and I hope to play the rest of my career healthy but for me if there ever was a time that a, that a little bit of a layoff came it was the best possible time for me because I was at a very low point in my life or my career really is just from the way like I was thinking I was thinking so negatively mm -hmm. and I'd like to think that I'm a I'm a really uh optimistic person I try to find the good thing good things in everybody I try to find the silver lining and everything and I just couldn't and it was it was really scary but I I, I talked with my wife about it um talked with a lot of people that had gone through some sh struggles not necessarily with baseball, but just in life in general, yeah. and, and it helped me uh, kind of dig my way out of it. Well, I could tell. I mean, I've been around you long enough, and I I, I could just, you know, when I would float down to – I mean, Tucker's got one of the primo locker spots. <laughs> He's got one that's filled with nothing but spikes, which Kyle yes, Farmer covered on this podcast. Yes, he did. Yes, way. he did. <laughs> Apparently uh, blew me up about it. but He did a little bit, but, which is uh, – he blew up a lot of people that day, especially <laughs> crushed Dietrich, which was great. Um, but when I'd float down there, I'd be like, oh, you know, he's – I mean, I know the, the struggles, the numbers, and there's times that I know, you know what, don't even talk to him <laughs> because I've seen the struggles. But for you, I, it was a little surprising, and I, I I was worried about you. I really was. I was worried about me too. I appreciate you saying that. It was just – it was – like I said, it was a weird, weird time, and the, and the, the weirdest thing for me is I couldn't put a – obviously – struggling at the plate is is one thing or struggling playing is one thing but not enjoying taking for granted certain things like when I was hurt and I I came to the field when the team was on the road I, I would look forward to like just playing catch with our our PT yeah. just that I would have never thought about that before I gotten hurt and it kind of put a lot of things in perspective um that and I, I talked to David Bell about it. You know, it was just like you're at your best or we're at our best. Anybody that's in this line of work when you just get lost in the competition and you, you do anything and everything that you possibly can to help the team win, mm -hmm. whether it's go 0 for 4 and, and call a great game behind the plate and only give up one run and win the game 2 to 1, or it's go 4 for 4 at the plate, um, call a pretty crappy game behind the plate and win the game 15 to 10. You know, like you, you just – you you have to just completely invest yourself wholeheartedly in just the competition of of the game and and the fun that 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 brings and i wasn't able to do that and i don't know why that the the layoff for me just kind of helped me get back to to loving playing and like mm -hmm. missing playing and you know the, the the thing that 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 i kind of the way that i explain it is like my first couple years I couldn't wait to walk out to the bullpen before the game. And the reason was because there's still – there's nowhere near as many people there at that time because the gates have relatively just opened. And, 
I'm out there 30 minutes before the game starts at least, and you walk out and you kind of just look around. And you're like, holy crap! Like I'm in the I'm in the big leagues. All right. And I started for whatever reason take that for granted. Um, I didn't didn't think like that anymore, and it, it just was weird, man. And I I'm, I'm glad that that's behind me, because um, it, it needed to be, or I was gonna be in a in a bad spot. Yeah. Well, baseball, especially at this level, it's it's. I mean, there's so much failure. I mean, even the best hitters get out. You know, get themselves out two out of three times at least, um, so that you're always dealing with failure. Um, so it's one of those games that would. Did you? You said you talked to people that have gone through stuff in life or whatever. Does that mean a counselor or does that mean just players, friends, all of the above? All of the yeah, above. Yeah, I, I I talk with with a couple of people back in Indianapolis that that I'd spoken with about just anything and everything mm-hmm. and had conversations like that. I spoke talked to my wife quite a bit. She she dealt with and she'll tell you she de- dealt with uh, postpartum anxiety. So like ways that she got through like feeling the way she felt and um just different way different different things and and a lot of friends and and people that that i that i hold really near and dear to my heart and and to our family and and it helped a lot it helped helped a ton i'm glad i'm on the other side of it for sure well that's i'm glad you are too (laughs) Uh, believe me because um human brain it's just a, a, a unique thing and no weird, doubt I mean, no doubt and about things it. are real and I, again we've talked about this on this podcast with others um you know being a major league baseball player is great you guys make great money you've got a long longer term contract and um but you guys go through the same type of struggles as anyone else it's just on a different scale so I always try to explain that to people, and they're like, well, no, money can solve all woes. I'm like, no, it can't. <laughs> Not okay. even close. Yeah, no, it can't. <laughs> Not even close. No, sometimes it creates more problems. No but, question. Um, but I was surprised because players, when they talk about you, and I think even Kyle Farmer talked about this. He's like, if I'm going to be in a foxhole with someone, Tucker Barnhart's the type of guy that I want to be in there with. And I get that a lot from players about you and about you being when, when I say who are the best teammates, they always bring that up to you. That has to be the ultimate compliment. It is 100%. And that's what I, to your point earlier about what you said, you didn't want to talk to me sometimes like when I was going through struggles. I just knew. That's the last thing I want. You know, like the, know. That's, the, that's the last thing I want because I, I really, really – take pride in the type of teammate that I am and I, I want guys to know that I got their back and I'm pulling for them in any any way that I possibly can whether it's during a game and um, I have to make a mound visit and tell tell the guy that's out there how good he is or uh, kind of jump their case a little bit and, and get them locked back in anything and everything that that I can do to, to show guys that I that I that I care and it, and to let them know it's genuine. Like I, I want nothing more than to win with the group of guys that we have. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the ultimate compliment. I, that's the thing for me, you know, the, the throughout a year, throughout a career, throughout a season, anything like that, you're going to, there's going to be ups and downs and to be able to maintain the type of relationship with, with your teammates that they know that through anything like that guy's going to be there. That's, that's that's what I want. That's the that's the type of guy I want to be known as. That's the type of player I want to be known as. Teammate, all of the above for sure. Well, you mentioned going out to the mound. I love this part of the game. I, <laughs> I just love the little. I mean, I watch so much baseball. It's like you got to pick out the little parts of the game. Uh, when you go to the mound and you're either pumping a guy up or and you say you let him have it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'm trying it to picture happens. You letting them have it. Can it's, you give us an not a person but example of like what you might say? Well, I mean. I'm trying to think. 
it really depends on the t- the guy that's out there. First yeah. of all, um, you got to treat. I mean, Sparky Anderson used to say, "I treat this player differently than this player because well, yeah, this you player have responds to. to this." No question about it. You have it. to read their no question. You're like a being, right? somewhat of a psychologist, yeah. I would assume. Um, but there there are certain situations where you go out to a, to the mound and th- things are kind of getting off the rails a little bit, and you sense that and. It's pretty obvious. It could, it could, the first uh, a reliever could come in, and maybe the first two guys get on base, and and obviously that's not in in a close game, and that's obviously not what we're looking for. And you go out there, you try to th- slow things down, and maybe they they come back at you and say, "I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine." Like I don't need you to be out here, or whatever. And you're like, well, "Well, let's go." And he's like, "I am, I am." And it goes back and forth. And, yeah. But there are other times where you go out there and. It's just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. You got a guy out there that maybe is a thinker um, that is just grinds over every pitch, which you should. You should worry about executing each and every pitch and all of that stuff. But sometimes you go out there and just tell them a joke or ask them where we're going to dinner after the game or anything, something like that, just to kind of get their mind off of the the stuff that's starting to snowball. So. There's a lot of t- a lot of things that I can't repeat that that have been said on the mound when as far as getting on somebody. Um, That's the part I want to know. <laughs> I know. I uh, sometimes guys get on me. I mean, and that's fine. And it just it's it goes it goes back to to making sure guys know that yeah. that that I care and that that we're all kind of pulling in the same direction because there's nothing better. And it's funny because Sonny and I after the game last night talked about it. And I said, man, I never played in the playoffs, but. I feel like that type of game was a playoff game. He said, yeah, he said everything, every little thing matters. And you may go for three or you may, you may give up a run or whatever, but you may have done something very little. It may be the, the, the smallest thing you can think of, but it helped us score a run or it helped us limit some damage uh, when we're on defense. And all that matters is that you win the game. And when everybody's pulling in the same direction, like there's nothing better. Well, I hope uh, I hope we get that playoff atmosphere. By the way, going forward, I always find when I'm in the comfort of home, you know, it's much easier to like say things that I wouldn't otherwise say. <laughs> Let me ask you this in a weird twist of this. Okay, of that. this is going to be interesting. When you put the glove over your mouth and the pitcher has his glove over his mouth and you have the glove over your mouth, do you feel more <laughs> free to like I, I do. can really no s- doubt. I, no matter what you say, yes. no matter what you say, no, no matter if you say that this guy's got no chance at the plate, if you're trying to tell him what signs um, signs you want to go or if you're if you're just blowing them up, nobody knows what you're saying. Exactly. So it's I've it's always like completely complete freedom. I would love to like walk around and have a baseball glove. I just put it over <laughs> my mouth and light someone up. You can put your hand over your hand over your mouth works uh, too. It just doesn't. It's that. not the same thing because you got the noise of the stadium. So yeah. no one's really hearing you, but the you two that are standing that no close. doubt. It's more about the lip reading than anything else. Not necessarily being heard. It's the lip reading because there's there's cameras everywhere. There are, and there are people. It's amazing what people will pick up um tipping pitches i mean no I've question been around enough guys that just the most subtlest of things of of tipping pitches is amazing to me um so you gotta yeah and, i and mean lip reading every every we have in, in our in our batting cage alone um we've got video that that'll show your at bats at the plate whether um you're facing a guy or whether we're on defense and we're facing a, a, a hitter that we come in and we study and I mean you, you got a little bit of everything that's just our our batting cage and then in our video room we got multiple uh computers that do a lot of the same and 
there's there's many many angles that can pick up a little bit of everything for sure how about the signs when you're dropping the signs when no one's on base it's the usually the typical one two three four uh you know you might be using your thumb or inside outside mm-hmm. whatever but when someone's on second base it gets a now what are you doing are you doing first sign in second sign indicator i mean how, there's different variations right and i'm sure you guys change it there's out. different variations and there's more variations that we have time for me explaining for sure um this day and age with all the cameras and with with all the the thoughts of guys um picking signs at second base and having guys having cameras that are that are focused in on the pitches that you're calling um there's some intricate stuff man it's it's very very rarely is it ever second sign yeah anymore first sign it's just very very rare i mean we've gone for we've done things sometimes where certain numbers mean certain things different than just a one being a fastball like it's 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 wild and there's sometimes back there where I've got to like catch myself and really slow down to make sure I get stuff right. So you don't get crossed up because no of nothing worse than that. I've gotten I've gotten crossed up and it's been nobody's fault but mine. I put the I put the wrong sign down like on accident thinking that okay, this is the pitch I want and We usually blame actually, the pitcher. Well, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. And and usually I do too because I don't want to mess up, but <laughs> it happens where where we're doing an intricate sign sequence, and to be honest, I I've just screwed up, and yeah. and and cross ups have happened. Luckily, nothing crazy where guys have scored because of it, but um, sometimes sometimes it happens, man. Yep. Well, the layman fan out there that's listening, and I hope you are listening. Uh, what we're talking about is the the guy that a runner on second base is picking up the sign that Tucker's you know the pitch that they're about to throw. And the guy will, at second base, I don't know, put his hands on his hips. He'll touch his helmet. I mean, there are different ways to to let the batter know, okay, I think this is a fastball. I think this is a curveball. Have you ever picked up someone on – do you look at the runner on second base and see if he's doing anything? Oh, for to- sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it, it happens all the time. Uh, you, I'm looking – so when I'm giving signs, I'm basically – I'm not even really looking at the pitcher. I'm looking at the guy that's at second base just because you try to pick up tendencies. Um, usually teams will make sure that their guys lead off the base exactly the same, each and every one of them, to even even if you're not – even if they're not tipping pitches to make it look like they are because that's almost as bad as them picking their your signs as you yeah. you thinking that they're they're relaying their signs just because it adds a whole different level of – stress to the game and you're you're thinking about that you're thinking about what pitch i should call you're thinking about who's on deck you're thinking about all kinds of different things and so just adds another wrinkle to the to the uh the game within the game by the way i think catchers should get paid double double i like where your head's at that sounds really good i understand no you guys (laughs) do it's the hardest position on the field you have to put in the most work particularly in spring training. You should absolutely be paid double in spring training, by the way. I mean, it's like you guys, I I look, I'm just watching. I'm like, you got to catch all these pitchers, all these pitchers. And there's a ton of pitchers in in camp in spring training. And then, oh, by the way, at the end of the day, now we're going to go hit. And then run. And then run. And then then lift. Now, I would (laughs) invite anyone out there to just squat down in a catcher's position and get up and down and squat and do it for three hours. And tell me how your knees feel. Well, do you, how do your knees? Do they just ache? 
Or thankfully, no. I'm I think I'm like five two, so I think <laughs> being really short has something to do with it. Um, the taller guys maybe have a little bit further to squat down, so maybe that's causes a little bit of knee pain for them. But I've been I've been really lucky that I haven't had any any knee pain yeah. or anything like that. Um, but spring training. Spring training sucks. It really does. It's, For you guys, it has <laughs> to suck. I'm just it's, like, it sucks, but it's you know, it's we have to have it. Yeah, and I've been in a situation the last few years where I've had to catch so many different guys that, for the most part the relationships that you you build in spring training when you are catching these guys has become extremely beneficial once the regular season has started and a guy comes up in june and you haven't caught him um ever but in spring training and so it's those relationships are huge you learn what pitches a guy has you learn how he likes to pitch uh you learn their name which is good um but it's it's a love hate thing because I right. love being prepared, but I I hate catching so many yeah. stupid bullpens in spring training. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I think spring training should be shortened. By the way, you and it's, me both. It's way too. I mean, the season. We is could already, talk for hours about this because I, I'm already, over. I'm over spring training about two weeks in, uh, and that's not even before we start games. I just can't believe it's like the games. It's like once you get past the fifth inning, it's like. You know, mostly guys that are going to be in double A and triple A, and it's nothing bad against them. But it's like, can we at least shorten the games to maybe seven innings or something? I agree. Playing nine innings in spring training to me is insane. I agree. I think maybe the last two weeks you play nine innings or something. I, I would agree with that. I just think I find it, I find it interesting that and irritating in the same same sense that uh, it's nobody's fault, and and the double A AA and triple A guys that do come over. That aren't in spring training or in the game in the fifth inning. I just, I just don't understand why it's so long that they feel that two, two at bats and five innings. Which, and not they by the by our coaching staff, but just the league in general. I don't really get why it's as long as it is. Just because, to your point, I think the nine innings shouldn't start until about the last ten days or two I agree. weeks. Of, Couldn't agree of more. Camp just because. It's a grind. Yeah, it's a grind for sure. Because the 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 thing that 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 not many people realize is, I get to the park in spring training, and a lot of guys, not just myself, get to the park at about six thirty in the morning. Yeah, and so you're you're there that early. You watch the sun come up. You get do all your early work. You do all the, uh, your defensive stuff, and and then you go out on the field. You do a team fundamental, which is either like cuts and relays, bunt plays, things like that, and then the game starts at 1 o'clock. And right. so you, you're you pretty much doing something from between 6, 7, 8 in the morning till 1 o'clock when the game starts, and then you got to play the game. Right. So it's, it's – And it's a, complete opposite. For You play mostly night games during the season. It's completely opposite. That's another thing opposite. I don't understand. I do not understand that. It's not I, like we play at Wrigley. If we play, yeah. if we were the Cubs, I get yeah. it. I get it. We're it, it would be, it would be different to play all day games. But we you get to the field at six in the morning, seven in the morning. You play a game at one, and then during the regular season, like today, I get here at two thirty, play a game at seven o'clock. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'll well, never I would, understand it. I would like to take over baseball. By the way, me too. I would be, like for you to take I over baseball. There would be a lot of things that would change. I think it would be incredible. 
Thank you. Incredible. I appreciate that you gave we, me that. Everybody, everybody would have gym day podcast <laughs> patches on their jersey. Exactly. They would turn. We need, we're it would turn for from a sponsor, by the way. It would turn from the MLB 150 to the gym day 150. Yes. I, I think that sounds it. great. I love it. Looking for a sponsor, by the way. All of a sudden, we're on the map, and we're getting like hundreds of thousands of downloads now. So, it should be easy then. People should be know. knocking down your door well, to be on this podcast as a there, sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor the Gym Day Podcast, um, would you like to be my agent? Uh, sure. If <laughs> we, so, we're taking over baseball, and we're getting sponsors for, for exactly. the Gym Day Podcast. Yes. I have to have my priorities. In I order. only may, I'll only ask for fifty eight percent. Fifty eight percent. Well, maybe we need to renegotiate. <laughs> this if i'm in charge <laughs> oh man um what was i gonna ask you all oh, the the analytics um no one has to deal with analytics more than a catcher um you have talked about the information that you're receiving this year do you feel night and day more prepared this year than you have in years past I do. I really do. And I don't mean that to sound, I don't want that to sound negative towards anybody that's yeah. been on our that's staff. That's not what I was intending. I know, yeah. I know. I, I've just, but the, the preparation that we have is, is, has been incredible. I would get, um, I mean, I get probably before a series starts, I would say a, a 40 page scouting report going into the series wow. as well as, that's another thing. I try not to bother you on the first day of series. Yeah, first day of series are a little lengthy. <laughs> For a catcher. A little lengthy. Um, and then as well as uh, we have, I think, three separate databases as far as like video and numbers are concerned as far as what guys are doing and how long they've been doing it, what pitches do they hit well, what pitches don't they hit well, what locations. So much information, you got a cheat sheet on your arm now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had that in my pocket for the for – the, majority of the season in I my got back the pocket velcro, now i got though. the velcro just because it's easier to oh yeah easier to access than having to get it out of my back pocket and i sweat like crazy and i most of the time i'd pull the card out of my pocket and i could barely read it because all the colors were <laughs> <laughs> all the colors were dyed together or whatever but uh yeah it's 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 nice to for the preparation the preparation that we have this year um we have a new system that um i believe it bases I don't know what what it is or what software it is or, or how they've developed it, but it's based on probable outcomes, of, and that also has helped out a ton. And um, for, we're, it's we're doing a good job. We're th- we're pitching the ball extremely well. Um, our our staff is preparing us extremely well, and just hope we can keep getting better. To me, whenever people talk about all the moves and the new players that have come in, and I'm like. They're like, who do you think is the, you know, like the best addition? I'm like, Derek Johnson. Yeah. One, and question. there's not a close second, and I that's agree. not to demean anyone else or any coach or manager or player. But he, to me, I'm from the outside looking in, he's been incredible. He really has. And the thing the thing that's most impressive with me, for, for me, about DJ, he uh, – he commands a room better than anybody I really? think I've ever been. Yeah, I want to be it's in the room. Wild. I want to be in the room. It's wild how he does. I mean, our our pitcher meetings are are unbelievable. It talks about. I mean, he he's extremely selfless. He'll tell you when he thinks he needs to do better. He'll tell you when he thinks that you need to do better. But it's always in a in a positive way. In a in a in a way that lets you know that he he's got your back and he would do anything for you and um 
it's 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 amazing. I think our our coaching staff as a whole has done that. I think yeah. that's what they've preached. They've preached that from from spring training, from the first meeting that we've had that that we're all in this together. We're all moving in the same direction. And I and and in one of the best compliments that I could give this coaching staff is that they seem like teammates. They don't seem like coaches. They seem oh, wow. And and, and I, what I mean by that is that I sometimes you can have this this separation of coach and player and feeling like the the, the that there's this this disconnect and mm-hmm. there's not at all this uh, disconnect with us with us as players and with with the coaching staff and it's been it's been awesome i've learned so much from him the few times i've been able to hang out with him i mean i'll ask him a question he'll say and or I'll make a statement. It's like you have no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and but he'll like tell me in a positive way, not to demean me, but to explain to me. Right. What? So he, you know, I've I've learned a lot off him in a short amount of time. The so, thing for right. he simplifies things so much. Yeah. In 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 a in a climate where there is so much information and there's so many things that you can try and tinker with and you can try to change. He's said it from day one. It's be great at what you're good at, and that really has hit home with me. And I think it the the best way that I can explain it is that, for example, Amir Garrett, being great at what you're good at is we want you to throw your best pitches mm-hmm. the majority of the time, your best pitch the majority of the time, no matter who's the hitter, and we'll take our chances. And so. The best example of that, I guess, would be Amir. Okay, so we used to, in years past, we used to always think that Amir needed a changeup. All the time. All the time. And we would try to throw it, and we'd try to throw it, and we'd try to throw it, and we would just get in situations where he would end up getting beat with his changeup and trying to be somebody that he's not. And so there, I mean, there, his slider is, um, I think it's, it's facts, it's facts is one of the, top five pitches in baseball oh, he's one of those guys like right, sliders coming yeah exactly good luck here and, it comes exactly especially with a lefty yeah. and there have been outings where i've done nothing but call sliders and it's not it's worked and, and yeah. it's just it goes back to dj instilling the confidence in us as a group that be great at what you're good at and amir has a damn good slider there's Filthy. no there's no reason there's no reason to try to be somebody different yeah and so like i said it's it's just the it's very he's simplified a ton of things he's helped us prepare better than i've i've never felt more prepared going into a game i obviously have the cheat sheet on my arm if i need it um we're constantly talking during the game he keeps a chart that shows every pitch that we've thrown throughout the game and so we know if we're falling into any sort of tendencies or anything like that that guys could that that hitters could look for a certain pitch in a certain point of the counter in the game and it's just it's it's been great and the the line of communication is always open um and he's just he's damn good at what he does I love following along with him. I, I don't want to get too in depth on the, the the catching stuff. I I don't. I hope we're not boring people. I don't think we're boring people because <laughs> be, this is taking them behind the scenes of a catcher. Because you're running the game, man. I love it. But I, I will tell you one thing. It drives me nuts. Well, a lot of things drive me nuts. How long do we have to? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Times the game seven. Okay. Perfect. Th- this 
this drives me insane. Okay, all the shifting in baseball, which the numbers would more times than not is particularly when I'm calling the game, I'll be like, had in position, had him playing perfectly, hit it right <laughs> to him. Um, but let's say someone were a left-handed batter's up, you're you're shifted around to his pull side, and he throw a low and outside pitch. And he goes with the pitch and he hits it the other way and no one's there. And it would be a routine out. Now, do you follow along with where the defense is shifted and like, okay, I better not call one low and outside here because you can just punch it over there and there's no one over there. There are – so it's there's a fine line between – Pitching to and the, easy for me to say, by the way. Sitting, yeah, yeah, sitting up e- in the it's easy for it's easy for me to say too. Oh, we shouldn't have thrown that pitch because he 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 shot it to left, and yeah. he's a and he, and he doesn't really do that very often. And, and it's I think it's just that like you you're taking your chances that the majority of the balls that this guy hits, no matter what pitch is thrown, are going to be in this certain area, yeah, right? And and the one thing that that I've talked with DJ about and it was one of the first conversations we had was about the shift and if you should pitch to it meaning to your point you shouldn't throw anything low and away so the guy could hit it over there and he said you should absolutely never pitch to the shift really yes because the way I and the way that I interpreted it was we shouldn't pitch away from a guy's strengths because we're shifting and I think a lot of it has to go back it goes back to the be good at what or be great at what you're good yeah. at piece if a guy has a to a mirror is facing the left and he's got a wipeout slider if a guy decides that he wants to sit on it and try to shoot it to left field we'll take our chances yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with that that you're just playing the odds it's like it's like a poker game you're just playing. Play, you're playing the odds that that a guy doesn't have that type of hand. Like he right. doesn't have that club in his bag that he's able to do to do that. And right. if he does, you tip your hat. And but we'll take our chances that most times he's not going to be able to do it. Speaking of poker and competitiveness, there's been a few poker games I've walked by that not bad. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll you'll sneak by and see a poker game. Yeah, once we've, in a while, we've lost some. We, we've lost a. a our poker game is dwindling on the plane for sure. Well, yeah, we're losing guys Scooter left and, and right. Puig, right? Scooter, Puig, unfortunately, David. Hernandez, yesterday we yeah. lost David. Those were three key cogs in the. Uh, yeah, but you could look at it this way: you've got new, fresh meat and money but, to be taken. Sure, absolutely. But they're like but then, Zenzel. Nick Nick played <laughs> Nick played the other day. I I've got to blow him up for this because he he will play. We we'll blow I, him up and then I'll tell you what he said on this podcast. I call I call it taking BP. So like you'll see, like we'll be in the clubhouse like we have some time like time to spare and Nick will be on his phone playing like uh, poker on an app. Oh yeah. Gino will be playing poker on an app and I get it. Kurt is notorious for playing uh, poker on an app. And I call it taking batting practice. And so Nick was like, I think I'm going to play today. I think I'm going to play. He's like, all right, he brought X amount of dollars to the poker game. We hadn't taken off yet. And he had no money left. (laughs) (laughs) And he had any, so, and I think we've had two flights since and he hadn't played. Oh yeah. Since. So I, 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 we, (laughs) We give him. I can we, so see it. We too. give him. We yeah. give him crap about. And, hey, and we ask him every time. Nick, you want to play? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. 
You don't want to lose again? Nah, I'm, I'm not going to play. But there he'll, he'll be in his locker playing oh, yeah. the app on poker. Well, listen, we had him, had him on the podcast for the second time with him and, and Van Meter, and we're talking about he watches late at night, like hours, and he calls it poker highlights. <laughs> I like to watch poker highlights. I'm like, poker highlights? Oh, man. So he says he's totally into learning the game of poker. And I said, well, why don't you just play with the boys? He's like, oh, no, no, I don't think I'll ever do that. Two days later, he's playing with you guys, and I'm walking by, and I go, Van Meter, I go, I go, how's he doing? He's like, not good. Not good, not good. <laughs> good. Yeah, it was... Uh, he said he'll never play. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Just just not. He said he's not ready. Um, well, he thought he was. <laughs> he thought he was ready because he sat down and played a couple days later, but I'm hopeful that he gets back in. It's a friendly game. It's a friendly yeah. game. Oh, it's, yeah. no, it's not cutthroat by any means, and... And we we there's a lot of playful banter that goes back and forth. Oh, I bet. And, and I'm hopeful that he'll get back in the game because yeah. we need we need more guys. We need more guys. Four guys. We got another one in Sal Romano. Who Sal's Sal was last year. I had never seen anything like the luck that he had in the poker game. Really? Yes, it was incredible, wow. and a lot because of me. A lot of the luck came against me, I should say, and so. I'm looking forward. Oh, to now him sitting he's back. back down at the poker oh. table, and hopefully that usually luck is drifts not there. back to the bean. The luck usually runs out. It should, it should, but we'll see. But we only have four guys, four 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 man poker is not necessarily the most fun. So yeah, hopefully Nick will play a little bit more BP poker on his phone and well, gather he's, the courage. Well, he's up to watching poker highlights. Poker highlights. BP on the phone. Yeah, he's got to be back. He's listing. He's like, I, I know the top three all-time earnings winners in poker and uh, he, he's, he's got i can't even remember the guys i have no idea daniel negranu is that or something like that's no. it I, he is a poker player yeah he's phil he's ivy of, maybe yeah, is he's a poker one of his player. guys like i just watch i watch poker highlights that's what i do on youtube i'm like poker highlights it's that's like, interesting he, that's like, interesting. how do you call a poker do we have an announcer like here comes the river it has to be <laughs> Has Marty been on the podcast? Was he the first? Yeah, Marty's been on. He's been on the most. It's it's actually almost they almost we should rename it uh, Marty and Jim podcast. He's been on like four times. I can't believe he's not here today. He should have been here today. Yeah. He's, well, you know that's true because you guys are tight. We are on the caravan, right? We the are so called rock. It's not so called Jim Day. So called rock star. It is the group. It's like the Ohio State University. It's the rock star Ooh, tour like of the of the caravan. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I think well, it is self proclaimed. I, I think we could roll out one bus and touch the masses, wow. and they would they would flock to what is the rock the rock star. Well, since tour. you're so close with Marty, uh, would you like to light him up? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, no. Why? Because he has an open I microphone. Go, I will not go down that road because he will bury me. <laughs> he will bury me. Um, oh, really? I haven't noticed. No. Um, <laughs> I love Marty. Yeah, he's he. Uh, the first caravan that I was ever on, it was me, Lee May. Oh, Lee Brandon May. Phillips. Lee May, God rest his soul. Chris Welsh, Marty, Jamie Ramsey, Ryan Rizzo, and I think Bob Miller. The assistant GM at the no, time. That is a rock star group, it, besides it Welsh. <laughs> no comment, Chris. I loved having you on the bus. Um, it was a great, it was a great time. That it was, 
I think I was I hadn't been even been to Double A yet, and to say that I my eyes were wide the entire bus ride was well, would just, not be a stretch. Just whatsoever. Marty and Lee May alone. Marty Lee May and Chris Welsh going back and forth yeah. were all exceptional. Lee May would always give Marty crap by saying the worst thing the Reds was ever, ever did was to uh, get rid of was it Al Michaels? Yeah, <laughs> he would tell Marty that every is he like every hour on the hour. <laughs> Uh, he would give him he, he'd give him crap about uh, calling tractor poles in Memphis. Um, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Some that I can't repeat. Oh, he uh, was the best man. You want to talk about dishing it out, Lee May? Ooh, he he was uh, he miss, was incredible. Miss that guy. I do too. I got a. So we're wearing I think nineteen sixty is it nineteen sixty eight or sixty nine jersey? Sixty nine. I have a Lee May throwback nineteen sixty nine jersey to uh to wear it to the field tomorrow so i'm excited to uh to do that you've got lee may a, on the back I, I have a lee may jersey to wear to the field tomorrow that is the same jersey that we're going to be wearing on the field i'm excited about that where are you going to wear it in batting i'm going to wear it uh i'm gonna wear it to the field so i don't know hopefully they can get some pictures of it but uh i'm gonna wear it, wear it to the field tomorrow. with his number and name and with everything his name and number on the oh back that is outstanding it's really cool i searched ebay high and low for really? a lee may jersey yeah and i i found one and uh I'm excited. That is I'm excited. great. Lee May, the big bopper. The big bopper. He was a beauty. He's good. He was a be- I I tell this story all the time, but I'm uh, but so I'm the gonna autograph? tell it again. The autograph story. Yeah. The autograph story is incredible. So I used to scribble my name on the ball. You couldn't you couldn't read it at all. And on this on said caravan, the Rockstar Tour, we were I think we were in West Virginia at so. uh, self-proclaimed no it's okay. it's world renowned just okay. like this podcast oh okay now i'm in just like I'm this in. podcast the rockstar gr- the rock group rockstar group slash podcast slash show All whatever right, good. i'm in now um so we're sitting i think it was in west virginia at the main stop for the evening and we i think we'd been we'd been on the bus all day and mm-hmm. so there was plenty of dishing out and and taking any trash talk that was given and I hear Lee May. He was sitting to my right, and if you if you haven't been to any any of the the caravan stops or anything like that, especially the main ones, you sit at a big long table, and there's a long line, and and people walk down the line and get autographs one by one, and you you collect the item and you pass it to your right. And so Lee May was sitting to my right, and I can hear him huffing and puffing, and and I I didn't say anything for the first thirty seconds. I could hear him say <laughs> huffing and puffing. And then all of a sudden I asked, I said, Lee, are you okay? Because it sounded like he was like either going to pass out or if he was or if he was furious with something. I couldn't tell. So I asked him, I said, Lee, are you okay? And he said, he looked at me, he said, son. And he like looked at me like like it was my grandpa talking to me. He said, have you ever played in the big leagues? And I I said, well, well, no, Lee, I, I, I've not even been to double A. And he said, he shook his head, yeah. He said, I know. He said, Listen, you better write your name so people can read it because nobody knows who the hell you are. And ever since from that day, I write I, I write my autograph so you can read it. And it's just it's a it, it's a great story. It's my probably my favorite. Oh Lee yeah, story that I have because there are so many signatures. We're like, all right, who is this? Yeah, or all I, a fan will. Sometimes they ask me to sign it, and I always tell them, "I'm it's like because God. of the podcast." It probably is because of the podcast, but I do warn them that it's going to depreciate the value of whatever <laughs> I'm going to sign. And I really am reluctant to sign anything if you guys are if a player's on it. And I'll be trust me, ten years from now, you're being glad you're going to be glad I'm not on this. No, I want you on there, whatever. Or though I'll ask them like, "Who's this?" and they'll be like, 
I don't know. I can't remember. Can you tell who that is? I'm like, that drives me nuts that you can't tell right. who the signature is. A lot of people I mean, ask me, they, they, they said, will you sign this? Will you put your number afterwards? Like, well, you'll be able to read it. I'll put my number, but you'll be able to read yeah. it. And uh, every once in a while, if Jamie Ramsey's around, like I'll I'll, I'll sign I, and I've signed something, I'll show it to him. Like, hey, you think Lee would be proud of this, wouldn't he? It's pretty cool. It's the story that I'll, I'll always remember. Oh, absolutely. He. I think I've told this on this podcast before. This was years ago, and I I didn't I had no idea he knew who I was. And I'm walking by, and I you know I'm not gonna say, hey Lee, how you doing? You know I'm walking by, and then I get by him. He goes, hey. You go walk by Lee May and not acknowledge Lee May. <laughs> that sounds just like something you would have said. And For I'm like, sure. I didn't even know who you, you knew my name. I know your name, Jim Day. And I, and from then on, it was just he just ripped me every time he saw me. No doubt great. about it. That's awesome. <laughs> Lee was a special man. He, yeah, uh, I miss him. I wish he was still still around for sure. Absolutely. Um, you good on time here? I haven't even. I'm good. Whatever. I mean, we talk. I've talked could, all this baseball. I haven't even really talked about stuff. I really want to talk about. Talk it. about whatever. Let's go. Although one more team thing, you seem to be the guy that arranges like things, just a group outing, this that, and then. I noticed one day everyone getting on the plane. I'm like, wow, when did the Reds turn into a college basketball team? Because everyone's got these these uh, sweatsuits on with the hoods. And, uh, I mean, they're black. They're sharp with the old school logo on the pants and the top. And I'm like, where did these come from? And they're like, Tucker bought them. So, yeah. We, uh, we, for everyone. We got them for everybody. Um Got to thank. I got to thank somebody on the on the world renowned Jim Day podcast, Quinn Moore of BSN Sports in there Indianapolis. He uh, he helped me out. I played for Quinn growing up, uh, travel baseball in in Indianapolis on the uh, Indiana Bulls. He was one of my coaches from the time I was eleven years old till the time I graduated high school. And uh, he sells uh, commercial apparel to high schools and colleges and teams like that, travel teams and things and. I reached out to him. I saw I, I it's not it wasn't my idea. I stole the idea from like I think the Dodgers have them. I think the Yankees have them. Maybe the Red Sox have them. But I saw it like on Sunday Night Baseball. They were walking in or whatever, and they were all wearing these these sweatsuits. And I was like, man, that'd be really nice to have, especially with this trip to Seattle coming up. It's a five hour flight. It would be really nice to not have to wear dress clothes or even right. jeans. And so um, got everybody's sizes. Talked with Quinn and. Uh, he hooked it up. That was nice. They look good. They Thank look sharp. You. It you. looks like a college basketball team getting on the plane, by the way. Especially so. the really short 5'2 white kid. That that He really <laughs> looks like a college basketball player. Thanks, thanks, Jim. I, that's a compliment and a half. Well, you, you know, you got to have managers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. The, the walk-on at the end of the bench. Yeah, yeah, that's the, me. The, the guys, the managers that are sitting way down <laughs> at the end. That are never coming in. <laughs> yeah. They sit in the track suit or in the sweatsuit all game. Or if they, yeah, the, you've seen stories where the guy you know, is called into the the game and he doesn't even have his uniform I don't even on. Have, I wouldn't even have my jersey on. <laughs> I, I, I think that was in this is before your time an episode of Happy Days. It was like Potsy or someone didn't have a Ralph Malph. Uh, this is, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I know what Happy was Days was called is. into the game and he's like, I never get in. He didn't even have the uniform <laughs> on underneath the sweatsuit. That's great. That's really good. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, you are a food dude. Yes, I mean a food connoisseur, and I've done many stories with you on the air about uh you loving to cook uh so where's that stand or where's chef barnhart now what well, we're still we're still where we were uh, i love to cook it hasn't gone any 
hasn't gone north, hasn't gone south of that at all. Um, my goal one day is to open up a restaurant. I would love nothing really? more than to to own a restaurant. Um, I just I find a lot of joy in being able to sit there and cook and 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 watch people enjoy what you cook. You know, and, yeah. and so my wife and I made pretty much an entire Thanksgiving dinner for fourteen people. Did um, you really this this past off season? Stuffing, turkey, ham, mac and cheese, corn, all sweet potato souffle, all nice. anything and everything you could think of. We had a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy, I made, I knocked a restaurant off my bucket list, uh, the French Laundry, when we went out to uh, San Francisco, it's up in Napa Valley. Um, chef Thomas Keller, who's a world-renowned chef, a lot like this world-renowned podcast, Um I'm going to keep saying that. Please, it do. may not make any sense of what I'm trying to no, say, but it's going to be dropped it, every it, once it in a while. It might not be true, but it is. It sounds good. <laughs> I was not lying when I said there's tens of thousands of downloads from Europe, Germany. I don't know how that's incredible. This is big in Germany, but it's big in Germany. So, Danke Shane. Hey, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. All right, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, and so, my wife and I knocked off that restaurant. Um, so yeah, just trying to see as many great restaurants eat as much great food as i possibly can um try a little bit of everything there's there's nothing that that i wouldn't try at least once so yeah uh it's been it's been fun I, like i said it's a, it's kind of a getaway for me a lot of people have their 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 things that that they're uh get away from work life any anything and and that for me is when i can get behind the grill or if i can uh, if I'm making something uh, over over the cooktop, it just kind of lose myself in that, and it's it's a lot of fun. I could tell you were into it because we uh, a couple of spring trainings ago took you out to uh, meet Chef Bo at the sanctuary, um, and you're like, before we started shooting, you're like, man, I, I haven't been this nervous in a while. I mean, I, <laughs> I was I was super super nervous. I did because I didn't know. Like, I feel like I can cook. Yeah. I, I feel like I do a good job, and 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 my family likes what I cook. Yeah. But when you're when you're cooking with somebody else that you've never met before, that right. is a, as good of a chef as as Bo is, you know, it's just kind of it's intimidating, really, yeah. more than anything. And you don't want to mess up. You don't want to really be kind of brought back down to reality. And and when you think you can cook, you really can't. And you can just make glorified microwave meals is <laughs> if you don't want somebody to say that about your food so chef was bo was really complimentary of what of what i did and uh we t we touch base every once in a while talking about different food and talking about different different restaurants and things like that and that was a lot of fun i, I hope to do that again we went out there my wife and i did for valentine's day to elements at the sanctuary mm -hmm. and bo cooked for us and um brought out some stuff that that wasn't on the menu that he threw together himself and it, it was just it was a really cool experience um just getting to eat his food you see yeah. him on food network and things like that and see him cook you see him judge stuff and then when able when you're able to eat his his food that he's prepared by him uh, by himself is it's really cool yep you left me in the dust I introduced him to bo mcmillan and now bo's cooking for him and bo it was at his bo, restaurant it was yeah. at the restaurant bo he was doesn't contact me i don't know if bo knows about we the world bo on the world renowned podcast. i know i don't think he knows about the world renowned podcast so maybe he'll be able to you should take if we should find a way to take call-ins at the f to the podcast oh i think this this should happen really i think now will you be in we are you i in? would love to call in Really? I'll call into your podcast every once in a while. All right. We can get Marty to call in. 
We get Farmer to call in and 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 blow blow more people up. We get Nick to call in and talk about his poker oh, poker well, highlights. The call-ins. If, if this podcast happens in the off season, which is an if at this point, it's going to be called. If it's world, if it's world renowned, it can't. It has to happen. In oh, the okay. Well, see, we can get group calls going, so I can get you on the yes. line, and Farmer on yes. the line, and Marty on the line, and yes. oh, then it's on. Then you won't have to say a word, and you just exactly. we'll just let Marty. Well, that's call. better for the, the <laughs> listeners, anyways. When I don't talk, it's sort of like uh, when my face is on TV and it's high definition. They've got a, like a seventy-five inch HD TV on their wall. They're like, ah, turn him down, <laughs> turn him down. <laughs> turn him down it's more isn't it it'd be turn him off well turn him off yeah that too <laughs> no, kidding. well they don't want to hear me either uh so <laughs> when it you know they they see me on the pre and post game show but when i'm in the booth they don't necessarily see me they just hear me do you so. like doing the booth stuff i it's really hard is it yeah um i'm really I, good at it oh I thank think you you're re- i think you're really good at it wow thank you very I much i uh it's it's very hard i was kind of thrown into the fire and uh i love it no i i if i could pick i would that's what I'd pick, but just because of the challenge of it. But no, what's, I love what's it. What's the hardest? What's the hardest part about it? Um, when you Darvish is on the mound and he's taking forty-five freaking seconds to throw a pitch. <laughs> Got to fill the <laughs> fill fill the. Yeah, that's right. I said it. You. <laughs> that's funny. I was like, oh, yeah. That's that's the hardest part. Gotcha. When it's a very slow moving game. Would you rather do radio or TV, or can you even answer that? Can you um, answer that? I did some radio last year, filling in. Um, that, you know, not speaking of bucket lists, I knocked it off doing games with Marty. That was right. a, that was a hoot. Um, never thought that would ever happen in my life. Growing up a Reds fan and a Marty and Joe fan, um, I'm a TV guy, even though I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a TV guy, so I, I would. I would pick TV. Gotcha. Probably better there. I find that I find that radio would be harder. Is it or um, in some aspects it is, in some aspects it's not. Because in radio, you know, you can fill the time with the obvious. You know, such and such. Um, you know, straightens up on the mound, the high gotcha. hole, gotcha. Uh, kicks and fires the two one. Whereas on TV, you can see what mm-hmm. he's doing, so you don't have to say that every time. So you're actually filling on radio. You're filling time with a lot of essentials and a lot of basics and a lot of obvious things. Where on TV, they can see it, so you're kind of got to creatively find ways to say the same thing in different ways. If gotcha. That makes any uh, it sense. makes sense. It makes sense for sure. Yeah. So that would be hard. It'd be very hard. So, but in other ways you can just lay out because they can see it and you don't necessarily have to talk all the time on TV. What's that called? Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Very nice. Let it breathe. Very nice. Now, speaking of, well, you're going to lead me right into this. Letting it breathe like a fine bottle of wine. Okay, here we go. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Food, I, wine. I know you're a wine guy too. Yes, right? very much so. Now I'm envious because I've been trying. I love red wine. I mean, I just love it. I probably why wouldn't you? Too much, you know. <laughs> Me <too>. sometimes. Don't <laughs> say that. Don't well, say it now again. I'm getting to be a wine snob. I'm like, you know, I'm just a common man. I'm like, well, this is getting to be a pretty expensive habit right it here because be. I'm a wine it snob. Um, but you obviously are a wine connoisseur, and you, are you studying the, you know, the different I w- types? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say studying. Um, I'm pretty, pretty set in what I like to drink as far as uh, red wine is concerned. I, I, I'll have a Pinot every once in a while. I'll have 
a Merlot every once in a while. But I'm mainly in like cabs and cab blends yeah, from Napa. I, I love I love that region. Um, there's some really Same good way. there's some really good wine in Washington. Some really good wine. Alexander in Washington. Valley is that one of the them? Ru- no. uh, the Russian River Valley yeah. is in Washington. They have a lot of good. Um, I believe they have a lot of good pinots. A lot of good pinots. Yeah. And and from what I'm, I think they have um, they have really good syrah and so kurt told me this story because they he and his wife honeymooned in in uh, new zealand i believe it was new zealand but based on where the and and, and new zealand has really good syrah or shiraz i'm not sure exactly how you say it uh, wine there as well and i guess based on the reason why both washington and new zealand have high quality syrah is based on where the they are in relation to the equator. They're like exactly the same. Washington, obviously, north of the equator. New Zealand, south of the equator. They're exactly really? like latitude and longitude wow. from the equator. And I guess that's why it, um, why it brings out the best in that grape or that's peak growing yeah. conditions or whatever it is. But... It's little little facts like that that I love to 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 learn about, but I'm I'm getting into somewhat getting into Italian and French wine, just because I don't know anything about it and I just want to learn because right. Uh, if I would have went to college, I would have studied atmospheric science. Really, I would have, in layman's terms, I would have wanted to, I wanted to be a weatherman. I wanted to be a meteorologist. I love the weather. I love get out of town. I I, I do. I really do. And um, meteorologist Tucker Barnes. Yes, can you see the, the green screen? Yes, I, I, I'm, okay. I'm motioning like I'm pointing to you clouds right, right now. now on the on the on the. Yes, you got a high pressure area yes. sweeping across yes. the Midwest. Yes, um, I have about 13 weather apps on my phone. Um, Do you really? I have I have quite a bit, but uh, for me, see the things that I did not exactly, know. This. There you go. You learn all kinds of stuff on the world renowned Jim Day podcast. Um, <laughs> I think, and I think for me that the the weather piece, and then and then the food piece, they kind of go, they kind of meet wine, kind of meets them in the middle. For yeah, me. I think that's why I've taken a liking so much to wine, and it, it tastes good, obviously. But I think the the climates in which certain things grow better in certain areas. And I'm starting to learn and to be able to taste like the differences in the years of certain wines. And so if you have like a a 13 from this vineyard and you drink that and then you drink a 15 from the same vineyard, you the more wine that you drink and the more that you learn about it, you'll be able to taste the differences. And a lot of times the differences are because of the way that the climate was or the weather was that year in that area. And and for me, I, it's just it's just fascinating. And then you you, you think about that pairing that with certain foods and it just kind of all comes full, full circle for me wow. so it's just it's like this. peaks peaks my interest some some people like their craft beers some people yeah. like their bourbons which i like bourbon and i like craft beer as well but i think for me wine is the wine is the one that intrigues me the most because like i said it does have so much to do with pairings with food and then has everything to do with the way and where it was grown and how it was grown 
full circle as well to, to baseball because you can be right one-third of the time as a weatherman and be good. <laughs> yes. I need to keep that in mind. I really need to keep that in if mind. If you get a hit one-third of the time, you're a three, what, 33 batter? Yep, there you go. So if, you know, you Batting as, title. as a weather person, I should say, you can be you know, right one third of the time. I always get right kick, in there. I always get a kick out when we go to spring training and, and you, you, the news is on and they're doing the weather in Arizona. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be hot today. Exactly. Going to be hot tomorrow. <laughs> How about San Diego? Yeah, exactly. Going to be sunny. 75. Going to be sunny. Oh, it's going to rain for the first time in 30 years <laughs> here in San Diego today. You may want to batten down the hatches. Exactly. It's just it's funny. I, I love the I love the seasons. I love all that stuff. So growing up in Indiana, it was perfect. Yeah. It, it, I mean, obviously the weather is yeah, extremely similar. To weather people there are, are important in the Midwest with the tornadoes and, and no such, doubt especially about in like place like Oklahoma. I mean, there you know can save lives. No uh, so doubt we, about it. We kid about the weather people out there, but wow, never knew that meteorologists. Tucker Barnhart, meteorologist chef. You know what? You got the baseball name too, but you know. Tucker Barnhart on weather. Channel 5 <laughs> weather with Tucker Barnhart. I think I'd be a hell of a weatherman in, in Arizona. It's going to be hot. It's going to be windy. A little bit of dust. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think I'd nail it every time. You would, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. That drives me crazy, you go too. open up your oven. Yeah. It's like Stand right in front of it, and that'll be exactly what it yeah. feels like when you it's walk like, outside. But it's dry. It's one fifteen. But it's dry. It's one fifteen. <laughs> My skin is we, melting. We uh, <laughs> one outside of the TV truck on blacktop one day. We fried an egg <laughs> in Arizona. Doesn't shock it me. Actually fried. That's incredible. Yes. So it that gets, is incredible. Gets a little hot. Yes. So life uh, outside. Now that you've gotten past this, what we talked about earlier. Pretty good being Tucker Barnhart right now. Yeah, it is. I, I've, uh, like I said, like I said earlier, I've gotten through, gotten through some dark, a dark place in my life, and mentally feel really good. Uh, physically, I'm healthy after my my oblique. Um, my son's gonna be two at the end of the month. My wife's your pride and joy, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, uh, I mean, follow you on social media. Blew, it's all about the sun. No doubt. I blew I blew you off earlier. <laughs> unintentionally i wasn't going to bring that up we were at the uh we were at the mall kind of daddy daddy sunday while my wife was just hanging out at at the house just chilling um we're getting ready to go on the road so we try to take as much time with me and him as possible so i since i'll be gone but uh you know if this were a world-renowned podcast you wouldn't have forgot it is a (laughs) world-renowned podcast and I didn't forget because as soon as you texted me, I apologized about 38 times and said that I would. I'm hurrying to the ballpark. Well, I felt bad because right then when I was waiting, I I clicked on Instagram and I see a picture of you and your son and your yeah, spinning we quality. Da- but we were you were already back, right? I we were at, we were back. I my didn't wife, interrupt that. My wife, uh, I got him home maybe a little bit later for the nap, oh. so hopefully he sleeps well. If not, I, my wife will want to rip my head off, but. Uh, I'll wear that one if that's the case. That's my fault. Um, but uh, but yeah, everybody's great. Um, my son's thriving. My wife is a rock star for taking care of him as much as she does when we go on the road and stuff. And it's uh, it's tough being gone, man. It really is sometimes when when we go on these ten day trips. And that's something else. I, I know we talked about earlier is about like people not seeing that side of it. You see the yeah. the baseball player, and that's all people see sometimes. And I wish there was a way for for people to 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 really truly know that we're people, like we're we're normal people, and yeah. just imagine 
being away from from your family for ten days and face when you FaceTime your son, it it, it makes it makes it di- more difficult because he doesn't understand why you can't be there. So right. it, it's uh it's it sucks, but uh, so we try to spend as much time as we can with him uh, while we're home and. We're, we're we're normal people, man, and that, and that's what I, I try to I try to convey to people is that obviously we want to have success. We're competitors, and and we should be uh, held to a high regard as far as our baseball is concerned. But when it comes to our families and stuff, we're we're just a, we're just the same as as anybody else for sure. Yeah, no, know your wife means everything in the world to you and your your, your son, and you got good parents who I've met. Uh, I mean, they're just tremendous um who has been the influence on you on the team on the team in the clubhouse um man a lot of people there's been a lot of guys that i played with that that have had really a really good influence on me um obviously joey he uh he comes to work on a daily basis and is people joke about it but he's like a machine he comes in and he works tirelessly on his craft and Obviously, his career has, has spoken for itself and, and is just a byproduct of how hard he's worked. Um, David Hernandez, who I was extremely sad to see see go uh, yeah. yesterday, he he had, had a lot to do with the with who I am and what I've done and been able to do in my career. Just the, even the short time that I played with him. Um, but I think the one guy that if I had to pick one guy or maybe two guys, Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce really not necessarily talking with him a ton but just watching jay like just taught me what it was like to be a pro like jay i thought jay was like the definition of a pro he came to work didn't really say much and had a bunch of success and treated everybody exceptionally well um jay and then i think the guy would be skip schumacher he was the guy for me that took me under his wing when I when I got called up and if I ever had a question as far as what time to be somewhere or what I should wear or as far as like on travel I mean I wasn't looking at him for advice when I was going to dinner with my my then girlfriend or fiance now my wife but uh any any question I have for Skip tips anything like that on the road whatever I, I'd go right to Skip I talked to Skip I would say and he's now first base coach with the Padres, so I don't talk with him as much as I used to. But um, I probably talk to him once a month via text really? or phone call, and he checks in. I check in on him. He was great to be around. He, he, I learned a lot off of him too. Yeah, he's a, he's a beauty. He's a guy that that I think that I'd like to think that I learned my uh, some of the pranks and stuff that I do, or some of the organization. He was a prankster. Of, he was he was the best. He was the absolute best. You got any pranks you can lay on us? I, I probably uh, if if he if uh, this is I use this term lightly because I'm sure that he listens to this podcast because it's world renowned and in the 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 thriving metropolis that is San Diego, I'm sure that people are jumping up and down to download. There's nothing this else to do in San Diego. But no question. To it. Yeah. So when I do say this, he's pro- I'm probably going to hear about it in the next an hour after this podcast drops but uh one day we get to the field and i don't know it what tomas did tomas vera our uh one of our trainers i don't know what he did to skip but we get to the field and and tomas had a bmw at the time and 
there's his BMW in the player parking garage on blocks. <laughs> Completely on blocks. N- no tires, no rims to be found anywhere. No clue what happened to it. Um, that was one that, that Skip had played a part in, I believe, or I, uh, he, he did wow. it. And then you have no idea what Tomas did. I don't him? remember. I, it was it was a while ago. I don't remember what he did. Hopefully, he got the the, the rims reappear. Yeah, they reappear, okay. but it took a while. It took a while for him to get them back. Wow, that is cold. Um, Tomas is a bit, an avid cyclist, and so yes. he rode his bike. I think it was like over the weekend, and I think Tomas had to ride his bike everywhere until Skip got his tires back. But it was good. Um, and then there was one where Tomas. This is another Tomas. He and Tomas went back and forth. Quite a bit. So, Tomas is a big Packers fan. And um, he would always, on Sundays during football season, he would always wear this Aaron Rodgers jersey to the field. No, He would bring it on the road. He wouldn't wear it. He would just have it hanging in his locker. And so, Skip, fine. Or, no, it was this was Jack Hanahan at the time. This was yeah. a good one. Jack cut up his jersey into like a half top and like cut like zigzag like fringe into this jersey his prized rogers his jersey prized rogers jersey but jack was a Vi- i believe was a vikings fan at the time oh, which yeah. they're in the same division right. so it kind of makes sense and uh he had another jersey waiting on him so he he had he purchased another i was one. gonna say wow or the, it was either he had purchased another one or the one that he purchased was the one he cut up gotcha but we shifted from skip to jack i apologize but <laughs> no it's still a good guy both That's of those great. both of those are two of the two of the pranks <laughs> that i um uh, that i remember and then there there uh there was one i don't know if i should talk about it or not it's not anything bad oh there's no one listening um, yeah nobody's listening but we got to um Nick Punto and Skip were. This was my rookie year, and this is where this is when I learned of Skip's um, pranks that he that he would pull. We're at Fenway, and the A's, and Nick Punto was still with the A's, I believe. Is he the A's or the Dodgers? I'm not sure. Um, we get there, and the entire clubhouse is filled with. I Nick and I don't know if I said it, Nick, Nick and Skip are like the best of friends, and there was a picture of Skip's wife and Skip with Nick Punto's head on the picture with his his arm around Lindsay, and it was all over the clubhouse. (laughs) Just, I mean, in everybody's locker, in the bathroom, in the training room, just pictures taped everywhere. And there's like, he has no idea what he's got coming. I don't know whatever happened, whatever transpired there, but... But that was when I learned of Skip's pranks that he likes to pull. Uh, I told him, like, Skip, you are coach or manager material. He's like, oh, no, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm away from the game. It was like a year later he's coaching. No doubt. <laughs> I think like, I, I think the next year he was like a special assistant to the Padres. Right. And then now he's this is his second year as a uh, first base coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he was going to go and coach for the Pirates or something, but he's a Southern California guy. So one of those teams wanted him. He was going to be. It makes yeah. complete sense. I mean, he yeah. played for the Dodgers, so he it was wouldn't so surprise me. He was one of those guys that when you talk about picking out tendencies or tipping pitches mm-hmm. he was a master no doubt it that. seems like all the all the guys that that the o- older veteran type guys yeah. that was i think that was before really in-depth video 
was in the clubhouse or, or to the, to the extent that we have it now. Yeah. And so that was the way you, you did it is you looked for pitcher tendencies because you didn't, you weren't able to get on the computer, type in such and such tendencies and boom, right. you have a folder of this guy pitching. Right. I, I, and it may have been that way. I'm not sure. I can't speak for that, but I would assume that that's the reason why some of those guys yeah. were as good as they were. Well, so. I'm going to tell a little secret here. I've never told before. Uh-oh. Nobody. Sometimes you, no one's listening, right? So sometimes I'll hear things like just from the other team or whatever, or from a, uh, an announcer or something. You know, people talk, and I won't name the pitcher, but I heard that the other team knew that he was tip. He's been tipping his pitches, and he got crushed the night before. And so I went to skip. I, I knew the guy to go to. I wasn't going to go to the pitcher. I wasn't going to go to the coaches. I wouldn't go. I'm like skip. I don't know what he's doing, but he's tipping his pitches. He goes in the video room, and an hour later, he's like, you're right, he's doing such and such. It was this little subtle thing. He's like, you're right. Next to the guy is like five straight outings, pitching great. Um, so that was my little contribution. But he was Thank the guy. You, yeah, you're welcome. You. He was the guy. I didn't know what he was doing. I just heard he's tipping his pitches. And he just picked it out like like that. Like, you're right, he's doing this. He's a smart, a smart baseball guy, yeah. man. He – uh to your point, he would be a hell of a manager, coach. Any 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 way that he would help a team could help a team, he'd be great. At. What about you? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I would love. You said you were talking, thinking about life after baseball earlier. Yeah, but that, that was more like cooking and owning a restaurant, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But I I think I would like to coach. Um, I don't know at what level though. I don't know whether I would want to coach in pro ball. Did a lot of bus trips in the minor leagues. I don't know if I want to go back to that. That's what. That's the um, biggest problem with people wanting to coach. It's like I, I can't do the buses yeah, again, man. I, being away from your family, I, I don't know if I could do that. They um, put in long days, long days too. Long days, no question about it. I, uh, I, I think for me, I think the avenue I would go down was like going and coaching at a college program where I knew where the where we were going to be, what city we we're going to be, be in for the majority of the time. Um, I think that would be the avenue I would go down in running it like a professional organization as much as you could. I mean, obviously there are so many rules and things like that you'd have to abide by, but I think that would be fun to kind of go in and maybe just not tear down a program or anything like that, yeah. but build up a program that maybe wasn't a powerhouse right. type place. I right. think that would be a lot of fun. Wow, very cool. All right, so we'll see you in the future. Chef, owning a restaurant. Weatherman. Meteorologist, Sucker Bardhart. Odd weather. College coach. There you go. <laughs> yeah, all of the all, above. All of the above. Woo. Weather on the tens with Tucker Barnhart. It'd be fun. <laughs> I can't get away from that. It would be fun. <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn to you, Lewis. You have given me enough time. We didn't even get into your childhood in Brownsburg, Indiana. There's so much to talk about. So will you come back on the world-renowned Gym Day podcast? I would love to. I would love to. I've been telling you that I wanted to do it, and I'm glad I finally did. I appreciate it very, very much. There's lots more ground to cover. No doubt. And it's, I think we should do one. I'll, I would love to come back personally by myself. I think we should do one with the three catchers. I think that would be and it, it would really? be a great time. Well, we would have to have a button to turn off Farmer's mic. That or, or a dump button. 
<laughs> two. I think that I think both of those. The dumb button probably for me. But all the, right, can you arrange this? The three catchers. Yeah, I I'll, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe we could tape it too, because I think that is the next step for this podcast. Wow, it's filming it. Oh, then you, there you film go. it. Yeah. Again, agent percentages. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay, but no, we can definitely sponsors. Do that. Sponsors. The catchers together. That's how you get sponsored. In my opinion, that would be how you go with getting sponsors. So if it's Do you think people want to videotape? Like, we here we just, are. We're an hour and 18, almost 19 minutes. And you think people want to look at me for that long? Sure. <laughs> I was expecting could, you to say no. We could set the camera behind you so all, you just turn around and look every once in a while. Yeah, I don't have a good side, even <laughs> the backside. So I, I don't know. I think we could That's do that. I, I, I think we should do that. I think okay. we should do the three three guy three catcher crew wow with mics and with video i think that would be solid i think that would be a hell of a way to possibly start the video piece well can you arrange this i'm in i would love to i'm in i would love to we have i'll get the video portion of it you guys get the guys i'll just get i'll get the guys i don't think it'd be it won't be tough at all we could set it up on we could set it up and have a dandy good you, old time. You are on. Perfect. All right, I'm going to hit you up on that. Please you, do. You, you Please just, do. You backed yourself into a corner now. I'm, we're going to have it's to a good make, corner to be in if that, that if that's all case. right. We're going to have to make this happen. We appreciate. It. Thank you very much for hanging out on the world-renowned Jim Day podcast. Worldwide. 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 The worldwide leader in podcasting. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'll shut you up to, now. No, please don't. <laughs> Thank you to Tucker Barnhart, and we will catch you on down the road on, once again, the worldwide leader in podcasts, the Jim Day Podcast. See ya! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.